All right, we are live. Great. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to interview Eric Kotrukozu. Uh, he's founder and CEO of SIDE, and he has co-founded multiple companies in AEC from scratch, including SIDE, which became Bootstrap, seven-figure consulting, and R&D business, and Beamspot.io, which became an award-winning award SaaS Beam platform with multiple venture capital companies invested. And uh, I have been going through the websites of SIDE and Beamspot, and it's uh, there are a lot of promising features, and it's 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 very rare to find like people who are interested in tech and business. And I am very excited to know the journey of Eric and how he developed these businesses. Thank you for your invitation, Mayor. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Yeah. So Eric, uh, can you share us about your, uh, like where you grew up and out of all things you could do in life, why you chose architecture? <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I was born and raised in, in Vienna, in Austria, um, in the, basically in the heart of Europe. Um, and I, I, I started pretty young with all the architectural stuff with 14. I started my, my first, um, um, yeah, connections with architecture, um, basically with uh, civil engineering. Um, I did, um, this kind of trainee job. I, I'm not even sure if this is in, 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 in the, uh, uh, in the USA, if, if there is something uh, comparable to that, but usually, but basically, you do um, three years. You you are two days in school and three days at a at a company at a workplace, and then you get quite um, quite an insight of the practical job, like how you have to do stuff. And in the two days on the on the week, you get in uh, you get like knowledge, <laughs> so like theoretical knowledge, and um, this is what I what I did first. Um, and uh, after following that, I uh, started a school. It's, it's kind of a technical college. Um, with uh, it was specialized in 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 uh, yeah civil engineering, but um, in in buildings basically. In actually in in buildings. Um, and after that, I, I studied uh, architecture at the Technical University in Vienna. Um, but I never finished that. Um, I I I uh, made a. a exchange semester in Shenzhen, China. Um, and there, there was my first touch, touching point um, with, with BIM and uh, digitalization. Um, it was quite interesting how um, people in, in, in China uh, work with, with uh, models and, and, and with uh, BIM um, just to be more effective, you know, like a classical uh, building block looks like you have uh, four buildings. Each of them has 28 levels or, or stories um, and six apartments per story. So that's a classical um, uh, Chinese in, in, the, in the mega cities, a classical Chinese um, uh, block, house, housing block. Um, and of course, this is a huge amount of, 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 uh, of planning usually, um, but they pretty much mastered it um, to do it effect efficiently and effectively. Um, because you don't really have that much time. Every 70 years, um, they're, they, they, they tear the buildings down and they rebuild buildings. So um, uh, you don't have that much time for building these kind of buildings. So everything needs to be uh, fast. And yeah, it was, this was quite interesting for me. And I, and I thought that uh, maybe we, we could use this kind of, of thinking or technology um, in, in, in Europe. 
so like um the the kind of 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 architecture in europe works quite differently like um we we romanticize uh, this this architectural uh, uh, stuff pretty pretty much so basically um it's 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 quite interesting to, to bring a little bit of efficiency in this in this uh, kind of project um and yeah when i came back to to vienna um i started uh, with uh, software training um mainly revit um revit and and, and rhino um and yeah then i i got to know people basically from that on and and people just or companies people working companies so so the people asked me if i could help them with projects and um that's basically how site started um site is um yeah studio for information design uh gmbh which is in inc which is the incorporation in, in in usa terms and um Yeah, so basically that's how it started. 2013, I think, was the the, the start um, of of real our first um, um, project, and from then on we we grew our company. Um, like, yeah, we on our very top we were uh, 18 people uh, in 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 the in, in our studio. Um, unfortunately, because of COVID, we are now around 10 people. Uh, so um, of course it, it hit all of us. Uh, uh, Yeah, as well, because usually um, research in development budget is the first um, the companies cut. So um, that's why I think uh, at least um, that's why I think it was, um, yeah, not, not so easy, but um, it's getting much better now. Um, and yeah. I see. And Eric, like this is super interesting. I think you might be the first uh, founder uh, I'm interviewing on my channel who is like a dropout and started an architecture business. And I'm curious to know, like, when you came back from Shenzhen, like, what was the realization that made you that, okay, I don't want to continue school. I I, I want to start into the business or the professional. Uh, the, the the thing is, uh, in, in, in the university, I already did all the 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 modules that i was interested in uh, so so basically there were a lot of usually you have a lot of um, um classes that or some classes that you're really not that interested in because you, i don't know you have to learn a lot or you you're, you're simply not interested in the topic and, and so on and basically i i i picked all the cherries <laughs> out of the the classes and, and i did them um which was fun and and You know, for university for me always uh, used to be a, 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 a laboratory. I, I, I was able to do stuff uh, that in the real world I wasn't allowed to do. Um, so that's how I, I saw university and I, I got feedback, you know, like I got feedback on, on crazy things. Like really, um, I, I did really crazy projects there. Um, and But it was, it was super interesting and, and it was a lot of fun. And basically the reason behind that is that uh, why I dropped out because the, the work I did was simply more fun than uh, university uh, because I picked out all the cherries and there was nothing left that would have interested me anymore. Maybe that's not the, the, <laughs> the ideal way um, and I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, but um, that's how it uh, was. <laughs> yeah, like... I, I have read a couple of like biographies like of entrepreneurs and 
it's 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 evident that if people don't find any interesting work more in the university there's no point like giving more time and yeah it, so uh like tell us about like how was the idea of side uh, was being discussed with your co-founders like were you like on a di- like coffee shop discussing and pitching how to grow a business like tell us like the initial days Oh, this would be great, but it wasn't like that. So it, it really grew or, organically. So um, uh, uh, the, the, first, uh, the first milestone, let's say it like that, um, was really to, to people or basically companies um, asking for advice, asking for support, asking for trainings and stuff like that. So uh, this was the first uh, milestone where, where I uh, kind of understood, okay, there's kind of a, there's a need for that um, uh, in the market. And um, there must be a way to, to create services or products that people understand, people can read through and they can basically order it. Um, and the second milestone was 2016, um, where a, a, a second shareholder basically um, joined side. Uh, this was Christoph. And um, Christoph, I, I knew from from uh, from our basically my first project. It was uh, not really the first, but the first bigger bigger project. Um, it was uh, UMTC headquarters. UMTC is kind of the automobile club um, in in Austria. So it's like a, a huge building with a lot of uh, typology inside. And um, he was there um, like project leader um, on on the architectural side. And um, yeah. We were really like interested in the same stuff and then he joined basically side um and this was another uh, huge growth for side because uh, his whole network and everything just um uh came to side and, and this was really really interesting because um he also knew these people who are like really um fortunate thinking and 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 thinking about technology and how we can do things simply better and um yeah, this was the second milestone. And yeah, then basically BIMSpot started. Um, we, we, we got a call from i5 Invest, which are like, um, they are helping growing startups, basically. Um, and uh, Marcus Wagner called us and asked if, if we would be able to, to, um, to create a product. So basically to, to, to create our services, to um, to create a product um, instead of our services or, or yeah. And um, yeah, that's, that's basically what we did with BeamSpot. And then we, we, uh, we started BeamSpot. Um, BeamSpot, I mean, I think the main idea of BeamSpot would be to, to, um, to eliminate all the services that you need, you know, like you have a product and you use the product. So you don't need the service like beam management, beam coordination, this kind of stuff. Ideally you have a product that does all this for you, for you. And this is like the really high vision, uh, I think for BeamSpot, but um, you would need to talk to Christoph uh, if you, if you would be more interested in, in BeamSpot, but um, this was basically the idea to, to get all the information, all the data from every stakeholder, um, uh, collect it centrally, create a single point of, of, through, uh, of truth and uh, work with this data. And um, that's, that's basically where BeamSpot is heading to. And um, this is basically where, where Christoph and I separated. So he was focusing on, on BeamSpot uh, full-time and I was foc- focusing on side because at the very beginning we started um, to be both like uh, uh, 
focusing on on on, on Beamspot and on site. And this didn't really work that really good because both didn't have full time uh, commitment. And and uh, so uh, we decided basically to to each have its own uh, uh, focus on the on the company. And yeah, that's how that worked. <laughs> I see. I, I was about to ask, like, in maybe like around 2018, when you were just starting out Bimspot, you were also managing sites. So like, what was your time management strategy? Like, how was your day looking like? It was, it was really hard um, because we, we tried to, to, um, to get a team member into management. And, um, you know, if you, if you manage a company that's, totally different than than uh working with models you know like that's that's totally from the uh, it's really something else and um people need to 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 like these kind of things otherwise they will not succeed in that um and it's it's really hard to pick someone from the team who were you know who are doing really different things in 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 the company um but the other option would have been to 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 get a new manager into the team which is also really hard because the people don't know them and and or, or the management the new management and it's it's really a hard uh, decision how to how to cope with that but um in the end um we decided really to to um to still separate the the management of the two companies and um yeah i think this was a good decision at the end um, it was really hard at the beginning to 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 make decisions um, in 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 which direction who is going into which direction, um, but at the end I think it it turned out uh, pretty good for for everyone. I see, and I'm just like envisioning like uh, when you're starting out fresh, it, it it might be challenging to find like new clients because like the credibility is low compared to the competitors. So how did you manage that? Yeah, exactly. This is this is the hardest thing. So basically, I think we we, we only were able to start Beamspot because we already have credibility because of site. And this is like like really the the hardest. I think even today this is the hardest um, thing in the whole um, company uh, history um, to to start um, because. If you don't have any kind of reference uh, projects that you can show, it's 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 really hard. So, um, I mean, it it, it it kind of depends on your business. Um, but I think what uh, we did at the beginning was to to um, to to try to get projects, um, maybe with um, with uh, lower lowering your your um, hourly rate, for example. So you can go into, you, you can play with the budget a little bit. Um, if you if you don't have a team to play or uh, to pay or maybe a, a software that many software uh, uh, licenses and stuff like that. So you you can um, if you're small, if you're one or two person, you can play with your with your um, hourly rates basically, um, and thus create um, reference projects or try to work on on projects. And after you have a kind of a portfolio you can start kind of really um creating a real company out of that i see uh sujay has a question so are ac clients more inclined to buy a product over hiring consultants who offer a service 
is it is that a possible shift we can look forward to within the ac industry from service to product um i think it will change to product right now i think it's more service based um but it's hard to scale like every service um you you just have a a, a handful of people who know who, who have the knowledge um, and you, you cannot really scale that. I mean, we have an internal, like, like an academy where we um, uh, train our, our, our staff, um, but that's still too slow. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's still too, too the, this knowledge transfer is, is still too slow. So I think um, there will be companies just like BeamSpot um, who create a product where scalability isn't an issue anymore or won't be an issue. And I think on the long term, um, it, it will be product focused. It's, it's, I don't think it is product focused right now because every, the building industry is to a really huge degree um, um, service-based. So I, I think this, this is not a problem right now. I see. And uh, I want to touch back on the point you mentioned earlier about like in order to get first initial clients, you had to lower your per hour and like r running like uh, the businesses, I want to know like uh, what are ways like AC startups can work out to find a business model which uh, which is also a good pay for them instead of like burning out long hours and making the business sustainable and profitable. Uh, I think the 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 uh, it's hard, but I think the the main the main purpose or the main uh, goal you need to look for is the is the need does the market need something and if if you have really like understood or felt that the market needs it um i think then you can put everything in it and and you know like if if you're a one or two person company it's quite easy because you don't have to pay rent of your office or stuff like that you know you can just simply go to WeWork and uh, and uh, yeah be there and um, you, you can you have quite a big range with the with the hourly rates um, but I, I think it's really important to to simply understand the needs of the market and I think most of the companies who start or most of the startups um, who really start um, they just think they they discovered a need but um, a lot of them are not really uh, a need. And I think sometimes it's even, I mean, these are, I think, the key unicorns um, because uh, then people don't really know they have the need. But if they see the product, they understand they have the need, you know, like, uh, and then you had Uber, for example, and stuff like that. So um, I think um, that's the other way around. But for this, you... I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think for this, you need to be, um, you, you have a, I don't know. I don't know what's the, what's the, what's the uh, uh, magic behind that. <laughs> I see. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm wondering like, uh, how was your transition from like uh, architecture to tech to business? Like was business natural to you or you had to read from books or do some training to learn the business aspect? Um, actually, I started when I was around 20 years old with my first company. Um, I, I, I worked 
yeah, day to day on in an architectural office, and I um, um, I was in a in a in a in a yeah in a in a in a in a yeah I was in an architectural office, and I saw um like the the invoice from the 3D visualization companies, like how much they charge for 3D visualization. And I thought to myself, like, wow, I need to work two months for that, um, but for six pictures, you know, like that's, that's crazy. And I thought, my, thought to myself, hey, I, I can do that um, because I, I, I was always interested in, 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 in modeling software and 3S Max, Rhino, V-Rain, and, you know, the, these kind of interesting things. And um, then I started my first company. It was basically a, a service for archi- architects. It's, it's a visualization service. And now I also drew uh, plans and these kind of things. And um, th- that's basically how the business um, um, feeling came into, into, my, into me, basically. <laughs> um, and from that point on, it was never an option for me to... to um, to, to work for somebody else in, in, in this manner, you, you can, I love to cooperate with people. I, I love uh, partnering with, with, with companies and with people. I think you can get a lot of, a lot out of that. Um, you can have a lot of win-win situations, um, but I'm not the type who, 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 I'm not sure how to say that, but uh, I, I don't think I, I could work a normal nine to five job, you know, like, I work much more, so it's it's not even yeah it, it's nothing for me. I see, like and you you felt the the opportunity you saw that okay there are people who are running their own business and like doing much more like better than like in an office nine to five job. So like did you ever felt the need of doing MBA or? No, not not really. Um, I think in in Austria it's even uh, a little bit um, more different than in the rest of the world because, like, I don't know, but we have in Austria there is a book like I don't know like hundred pages where you have only titles listed up, so you can have a lot of titles. So for example, if you work for the government more than ten years, then you get a title. <laughs> you know, like it's it's a title that you didn't really learn anything, but you simply just stay there. And um, also, like the 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 uh, MBA is also a title, for example, or MSc or what whatnot. And um, I was never the person who who really cares about these kind of things. Um, and I, I personally think it's not that important. What what I think is really important um, is is motivation. So if if I see that people are motivated, um, th- this is worth more than thousand MBAs. You know, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think that perfectly uh, segues to the, my next question. Like, how how what's your recruitment strategy? Like, how do you find passionate, motivated people who are suitable for your firm? Um, yeah, that, 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 that's a hard topic um, because uh, we, we need German-speaking people and the, the BIM world is, is small and uh, German-speaking people in the BIM world are um, really rare. <laughs> and um, the, the best thing was uh, until now um, when we worked together with somebody, we worked together on project and we saw that this person is really motivated uh, and and know what this pe- was this person is doing and um, is um, really into that uh, stuff 
So usually these people then started um, working for us. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's I think, the, 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 the best way uh, how, how we did it until now. Yeah, we, we tried headhunters and stuff like that, but that wasn't really uh, working. I see. And uh, I was curious to know, like, uh, like I assume every startup has its own ups and downs. Like, what were some down phases and tough decisions you had to make? Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely the the Corona uh, time, um, because we we had to um, lay off people um, who didn't do anything wrong. You know, like that's the hardest thing. Like. Um, um, we, we, we put a lot of effort into the people so that they come work for us. Um, we, uh, we learned a lot together. Like, like we didn't teach them. We just learned together as a team a lot. Um, and then, um, I had to, to let them go, which is really hard, you know, like, like on a, on a, on a personal, on a humane human uh, basis that's really like a tough uh, tough situation and um yeah i really don't want to do that thing anymore uh, yeah I, I can only understand because like there are like hard choices of okay if i don't do this the business will be closed in a couple of months if i do this like those are my friends or like family members uh, in a company so yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, they 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 uh, they may decide what it is today. You know, these people, and um, yeah, it's really hard. It's really hard. But um, the the only good thing is that these people don't have to worry about finding a job. You know, like everybody who worked for us is is highly uh, 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 needed on the market, so they can they can uh, charge whatever they want, basically. <laughs> You know, like um, so. So that's the the positivity. But of course, it's it's really hard for 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 me as a person and for side as a company. It's it's both really really hard. So that's definitely yeah. the downside. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Richa has a question. Uh, how did you get your very first client, and how many deals uh, broke before this first client? Any learning advice in regard to find the clients? So so for for me, like. Um, uh, the, the very first client, I, I as I said, I, I started with a software training company. So um, I worked for the software training company, but more like a freelancer. Um, and um, the, this company basically just just um, gave me the clients that I had to um, uh, teach. And in the in the classes, basically, we talked about project that they have, and. Um, in, 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 the, in the class, because you, you spend a, quite a lot of time, like, I don't know, 40 to 50 hours on a, on a, on a training, on a software training. And of course, you talk with the people. And um, after a couple of hours, a couple of times, a couple of classes, um, people started asking if I could come in their office and take a look at the project because they have some questions on the project. And then I did that. Um, and then that's how it started. Um, I, I, I went to the office, I looked at it and they said, oh, great. Thanks for the help. And um, the next time they asked, I charged for that, basically. And that's really how it, how it started. Got it. 
and so maybe maybe I would I would suggest that you look for um, uh, a job which is more like an opportunity to meet new people that you you that could be your clients. I see, and like maybe also like conferences or other events where there are potential. Like yeah, clients. I think for conferences, you have to be a special type. <laughs> um, I, I'm not that open uh, guy. And uh, it's hard for me, for example, to, to go to, to a table where there are people around and just talk to them. That, that's, that's hard for me. But of course, um, uh, if you're the type of, of person, uh, I think that's a great um, opportunity. Yeah. Got it. And like, I was reading like a book, like zero to one, where like, Many startups have this phase like zero to one where they start from scratch and reach at a particular level and then one to 10 the where they scale. So can you share us about like those zero to one and one to 10 aspect of side? I think, yeah, I think zero to one was really from, from 2013 to 2016 um, where we, we had to figure out the, the product or the service that we were um, uh, yeah that, that we were creating um and from 2016 we really had to scale um scale up basically so this was our um zero to one and one to ten moment i think yeah Got it. and like is there anything is there anything during that process you wish you would have done differently um yeah maybe uh, we had we had a we had one very big project um, and we, we simply couldn't find enough people for the, for the, for the project. So, so everybody had a lot of work to do and, and um, was stressed out and, and yeah, well, it was tense. And this maybe, although it was a lot of money basically for the company, but um, it was quite hard on the team. So I think maybe, this would have been better if we uh, would have skipped on that one, but yeah, that's a learning. I, I I don't think I would I wouldn't I wouldn't do it differently now because that was simply a learning, and um, now I definitely know what to do in the future. <laughs> you know, like this is this is absolutely a a, a learning curve. I think so. Yeah, and also I feel like sometimes when uh, we overcome it, we get to know our limits that okay this is how much we can do in the time frame so exactly you you know i i also read a lot of books on on these kind of topics but until you didn't feel it for yourself it, it's it's hard it's like you know like the the baby that, that touches the oven or something that is hot you know like you tell it not to touch it but of course it touches it and then, <laughs> um, it's it's the same thing actually yeah i see uh, Sujay has a question, like, how do you keep the framework for an AC-based product universal, given the fact that architecture is a highly creative field and projects vary across the board? Like, do you face any similar challenges while developing BIM Spot? Um, yeah, I think, I think that's the hardest um, uh, thing for, for a product, um, because there are a lot of different types of projects. Like you have airports, uh, you have housing and office and everything in between, um, but your product needs to work on all of that. And um, this is kind of easier if you have a service, if you're if you're a service-based company, 
um, because you can always change uh, little things or change uh, things a little bit, and then it works for the for the for the project. Um, we of course have always a, a baseline, a, 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 yeah, a base where we um, put our our work on, or we, we we create our strategy strategy papers and things like that. So um, this is much easier for a service company than for a product company. God, I have one like fun question. So like many times I hear people say that the B or C graders start a company and the A graders in school like work for them. So <laughs> what are your thoughts on like, oh, first of all, <laughs> is that true for your case? And second, like, uh, how how can students be well prepared for the profession? Uh, to be honest, uh, I, I never asked the team what kind of grades they got because I'm not interested in that. But <laughs> but I was never an AB uh, student, so um, it's it's I don't think it matters because a, a school prepares you for something else. School prepares you for a, a wide range of knowledge. Um, and not a specific thing. And if you if you if you create a company or if you if you manage a company, you are very very specific on, on your products on your services. And um, yeah, I, th I think school just doesn't prepare you for that in general. But I, I'm not saying that school. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, school is, is bad for you or anything, you know, like, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really important to, to, to get a, a, a basic knowledge, but um, I think people should um, follow their interests, you know, like that's hard. Like when you're 14, 15, 16, you need to decide basically what's your life going to be the next 30, 40 years, you know, and uh, that's really hard. So, yeah, I, I, I think people should just um, um, go and, and, and pursue their interests. Yeah. On, on this, I would like to ask a small question. Am I audible? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, sure. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I thought I just lost the connection. Yeah, so, uh, like, um, it's a very personal question, like, you were saying that uh, when we are trying to figure out a service or something, we narrow down to something very specific. And now when we are narrowing that down to that specific thing, don't you feel that you're losing out some more opportunities or trying something new? Like, don't you have the urge of, you know, trying something very, very new or, or futuristic or something different, like out of the league, what you're currently doing? Do you feel that? Um, yeah, yes, absolutely. But I think, um, you always have to take care like what you communicate uh, as a company to the outside, to your clients, to your possible clients um, and what you do internally. So we internally, we talk completely different uh, than uh, we talk to our clients, for example, you know, like, because if we would talk to our clients, like we talk internally at the company, people would think we are crazy, you know, like, like, like what, what, what autonomic or self-driving cars and rockets flying to Mars, like people would think we are crazy, you know, they, 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 they wouldn't think that we can, we can really um, help them <laughs> in the, in the real world, in the, in, in the, in the now. Um, and 
we we internally we work on really different things basically so we we really try to to see like like a building information as, as a central hub as a central spot and from this central spot we can do so many things like like this revolutionizes really everything that we can just come up with um and we try to to build yeah to, to build on that um so but this we don't really communicate that um to our clients especially not at, at the very beginning when we get to know them um if we are in the project then we of course we put in some sometimes some some of our uh, crazy ideas sometimes it works sometimes not so um that's really it re we really need to take care because especially we are kind of a young company we are young people in the in, in the in the in the studio and um we often have to deal with people that already work 40 years in the business like um how, how should how, how, how can a 25-year-old uh, person um, explain something to a 55-year-old person uh, who works like uh, for a long time in the, in, in the business, you know? Like, so we have to, we have to um, take care of our communication. We really need to be precise on, on, on yeah, on things. Yeah, I think that's a, quite interesting point where like sometimes I also observe like a gap where the ways how young people in the profession think versus the oh, the relatively old people. So what like if you can share like what are some communication strategies which worked for you guys? Like uh, I know like there are basic like verbal PowerPoint or email conversation, but like if you can elaborate on that. Um, so I think the best thing that um, we do for for um, understanding what we do is um, we have a, a so-called BIM workshop, which is basically a day, um, which is quite inexpensive. Really, it's it's we don't make money on that. It's really just that um, uh, we can do that. Um, we invite our uh, yeah potential clients um, into our lab and. We show them like a whole day what um, what what the possibilities are. So we really start with um, creating a point cloud. So we have a, 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 a Leica BLK to go, um, this kind of point cloud scanner, and we go through the building and um, we 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 show them how a point cloud looks like. Um, then we show them how um, you recreate. Uh, a model from the point cloud and then we show them how architecture structure and MEP works together on different models so we have I mean you cannot see it but we have a lot of displays here and we show them this display is architect this display is structure this display is MEP and how they work together then um, after that we go into calculation like how you can uh, calculate uh, yeah the, the price of buildings and this kind of that, this kind of things but everything based on the model that we just created you know and um, then we go on the site like um, uh, the, yeah site management and these kind of things and uh, after that into the facility management so we, we really on this one short day we showed a whole possible project how it could work you know like how it uh, would look like on a, in a modern 
uh, a day and age. Uh, and I think that's the best way of communication because we don't really talk that much like how good this and this is. We simply show them and everybody understands, okay, if I would use this in my project, this would be great. You know, like, like that, that's not a, we, we don't really need to, to show them PowerPoints or anything. We just, we just need to show them like models and, and how, how these things work. Yeah, I, I think that's a great, great insight because like, I also feel like if you make someone experience something and like make them visualize the possibilities, they are much more inclined to pursue it in later because they feel it, the importance. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And uh, for, for your R&D business, like how does the brainstorming and the vision goes like do you have like short-term goals, long-term goals, or? Yeah, yeah, um, we have we have uh, long-term goals uh, definitely. Um, it usually works. I mean, I <laughs> I, I think about a lot of things, um, and um, I, I I I I pitch these ideas basically to the team, <laughs> and uh, then I I I. Uh, I'm I'm really tr- um, I'm curious about the the answers of the people, like how they rea- react on that, and and um, if it is interesting or not. And if if the team thinks that it is interesting, um, then we basically um, start with that. So then we create roadmaps, um, like what we want to do, in which time frame, because that's kind of a, a hard topic. Because you, you you can work so many hours on on, on things, but um, we really early try to to make uh, uh, milestones uh, in the R and D project, and um, yeah, then we um, basically uh, we are around 70, uh, 70, 60 to seventy percent of our time is uh, billable, and the rest is basically R and D and organization, um, and this time is is. Uh, free for the people they can choose themselves like on which R&D projects they want to work and um, yeah they, they work on, on these things and um, we, we need to we need to structure this more in the future that, that's what we are uh, actually working on right now um, so we get um, better or more visible results actually because we have a lot of things, but it's uh, written down in, in OneNote and, and we have uh, process uh, 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 landscapes and these kind of things. Um, so we, we need to structure that so that we, we can visualize it much better. But basically that, that's how we uh, do this R&D stuff. And um, if we have internal knowledge or if we gathered internal knowledge, um, we simply put them into our next project that, we, that we're working on. So, yeah. I see. And yeah, I was just thinking about that. Many times I hear the argument that uh, small firms are not able to do R&D because of the limited resources and profitability and large firms can invest time in computational R&D. And also I was like reading about Google's uh, employee, like they out of five days, they four days they work on a project and one day they just allow them to work on whatever they are passionate about and interested. So it looks like you're also giving that like 30% uh, of time freedom for people to do whatever they they are interested. 
I mean, it's it's not freely what they want to do. Um, it, it's really um, it's coordinated. So like they they don't. It, it's not free like at Google. I mean, I don't know how free it is at, at Google, but um, they can they couldn't work on an email program, for example, because this wouldn't um, help directly our company. Um, but um, they are allowed to choose from the R and D projects on which one they want to work. So. It's not that free, basically, but but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, some words like, free. Yeah, go ahead, Richa. Yeah. So I was asking, like, has it ever happened that you're you are very excited about something that we should do this and that, and but your company is like like other people are not supporting it. They're like, no, it won't work. So how did you manage that situation and uh, yeah, that gap internally? Um, Yes, but usually this this is because I uh, didn't um, made a good pitch. I didn't make a good pitch. I, I, I think I, I didn't explain the 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 idea or the or the problem good enough so that the people don't um, don't like the idea. So I think um, it's it's it's. Yeah, but of course it, it, it happens. That's simply it's it's not interesting for the people. This this is it happens. Yeah, of course. But then we don't really do it. Then it's it's. I mean, the thing is, I, I think research projects work only if the people are interested in in doing that. Um, otherwise, it makes no sense to to spend um, company resources on that if the people are are not um, motivated for the for the R and D topic. So, yeah, we. I always try to try to um, create topics that are interesting for the people. Awesome, and like, how do you keep up with the trends and research work in the space? Like, there are all, like so many things currently going on with different startups trying different things. Mm, we 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 try to not work in every direction um but we 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 try to to work on 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 prototype projects so if you if you you have a a a, a housing project for example this follows a process like how 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 it's 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 done and usually inside of this of this project um we pick up we, we pick out a process and then we completely redesign it, you know, like like these kind of things. And uh, uh, then it's not that abstract, so we can always then place it into into um, our real life projects. Got it. And like, I was reading like uh, like side is used uh, on the description like it's bootstrap. So one thing uh, I have noticed is many times. For startups, uh, if they don't have sufficient funds, they take like uh, get initial investment, and those investors drive some of the uh, problem statement and also the services. So, like, what do you recommend? Like, how much money or resources one should save up for bootstrapping? Like, survive for six months or a year on their personal savings? Like, hmm. As, as I said, it, it was really organic um, how we grew. So basically, side was profitable from the first day, um, but also, of course, because um, we as or 
we as founders back then, like um, if I consider Christoph also a founder in the in the, in the side milestone, um, we we didn't pay us that much um, um, uh, money uh, in 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 these days. Um, so of course the the company was was profitable, but not. I don't know, like um, not, not not to an extent that uh, we 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 could live like awesome from this money, you know. Like um, it it um, I think you can always. I think it's it's hard to to save up money and then start. Um, I think it's always easier to to have um, projects or contracts um, where there is money. Um, um, where you can expect money in the near future. So let's say like, you know, like um, you have a contract in, in three months, in six months and seven months, you will get money. And um, I think that's much better than, than saving up money and then just go in. Um, I, at the very beginning, it's really hard because of course you need to, 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 um, to live, you, you need to pay rent, you need to eat and this kind of thing. So usually you need to work um, a normal day-to-day -day, uh, job um, and then next to the job you need you, you usually need to start something or I, I, at least I would recommend that because then you are not um, uh, yeah you, you you can work freely much more freely and and don't need to do work that you don't want to do like you know like that that's also a, a hard thing to understand that that sometimes you 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 get offers that you really shouldn't um, do. <laughs> Got it. And I think you might have already like given a hint for this, for the answer of this question when you said you would work more from nine to five. But I I still want to ask this. So do you believe in work life balance? <laughs> yeah, but I think I I I I. I my definition of work-life balance is is a little bit different than than from other people's because I, I the thing I do is is my life you know like that's that's what I enjoy doing I, I'm not enjoying sitting in front of the TV and 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 do nothing you know um, I'm I'm really interested in these things that I do and uh, th that's my hobby basically <laughs> and. Um, that that's so interesting for me that I do it more than eight hours a day, you know, and I, I don't even look how, how much hours I, I, I work because it's not really work. You know, it's like interesting things that I do <laughs> for really me personally, cool. you know, like it's, yeah. Yeah. I think like if you enjoy doing stuff, what you're interested, you just lose track of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And during your initial years from, let's say around 2015 initial years of side were you able to take like vacations or a break or it was like grind for a long time uh yeah we we, we always tried to to do uh, to manage uh, to go on vacation because um as i said with christoph we were two uh, managing partners basically and um one of us was always there um and the other one could could go on vacation and yeah, this 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 is kind of important. Um, that if you don't want, I mean, for me uh, again, um, there are times that I simply just don't want uh, to to work or to pursue my hobby, 
and um, then I, 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 I really need to be able to go on vacation and um, it's two, three, four weeks. And, and you know, th th this is always something that I really um, want to do. And it, 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 it costs a lot sometimes because it's not, not just um, uh, my, my money that I get from the company, but also maybe um, losing projects uh, that while I'm on vacation, I, I, I'm not an acquisition. So I, I cannot uh, uh, get new projects. Um, so this can be really uh, expensive. Exactly. The early rate, yeah. <laughs> um, this can be really expensive. So, um, but it's, it's worth because um, you you need to to um, come down a little bit and and work on something else, or not work at all. <laughs> Just let me switch my light on. Yeah. Just give me yeah. a second. Okay. Okay. I think your camera is. Oh yeah, it's in yeah. focus now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And I think like, I just have a few more questions left. So uh, are there like any suggestions for books which were impactful or you highly recommend people who are in this space? Hmm. Let me check. Um, I mean, I, 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 I love Audible. Um, so nearly everything I, I would read, I, I hear on uh, Audible. Um, and yeah, let's see. Yeah, Thinking Fast and Slow from Daniel Kahneman. Um, that's quite interesting. Um, and Blitz Scaling, that's, that's a really, really good one. Um, and I'm, I, I don't know, it's, it's something called like the Million Dollar Coach or something, or Billion Dollar Coach. I, I, I'm not sure, but... I don't find it right now. A trillion dollar coach. Yeah, there it is. Um, that's really a very interesting uh, uh, book. Um, definitely a, a must read. <laughs> is it the one like who was like a, um, a basketball coach and then mentored Google and a lot of like even Steve yeah, Jobs? I, I think it was uh, a football Campbell. coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think he was a football coach. Um, and yeah, he was then coaching basically the, the uh, big CEOs of Silicon Valley. It's, it's really interesting, like uh, um, how a, a, a human can be that um, compelling or interesting that, that um, uh, nearly every CEO wants to spend time with him. You know, <laughs> it's really interesting. Yeah. And thanks a lot for, for those recommendations. Oh, sure. uh, what's coming next for Sai? Like in next three years, how do you envision it? Um, we're looking for partners right now. Um, we have a lot of ideas um, inside of side and um, we really are just um, looking for partners right now um, who understand our vision and are interested in the outcomings of, the, of, of, of our uh, endeavor. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, that's basically what, what we are working on right now. And we want to focus more on, on, on uh, R&D. Um, we, we will, in the near future, we will, um, I mean, I, I, I uh, will basically um, 
give up the, the, the management function inside and we'll focus solely on, on the R&D projects. Um, so that's a big thing that's coming up for SIDE, um, but these are the next uh, one to two years that we're focusing on. I see. And like Sujay has a question, like what are some gaps you find in BIM or AEC that you hope to see like address in the following years? Um, yeah. Uh, big beam or the, the the problem with the IFC basically. Um, I think in the near future there will be something like um, you have an IFC server like a Revit server um, but um, software independent. So basically you can connect with Archicad, Rplant, Revit and work on this IFC server and I think um, this will pop up in the near future. Um, this will be a huge step for, for all of us I think. Nice. And I ask this sometimes, like anything that frustrates you the most in AAC? <laughs> uh, yeah, the motivation of people sometimes is really hard to cope <laughs> with. Like uh, today in the morning, I, I, I was in a, in a project meeting and it's, it's really hard to... to um, if there, as I said before, if there are people like working... 40 years uh, in, in, the, in the same way. And now trying to implement something new, uh, that's really hard. Um, that's much easier to work with people who are fresh from the university, you know, like, like everyone's driven, everyone wants to learn new things um, to create models. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, this is really frustrating that, that um, people don't see or don't want to see the benefits of, of, of um, of a, of a single point of truth um, and, and all the negativity, you know, like, like uh, people that are saying like, that's not possible and it will never work and these kind of things. And um, yeah, if you, if you think like that, of course it will never work, you know, like um, I think we need to be much more optimistic and, and learn from our failures, uh, failures. And um, yeah, that's yeah, really that's, frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good point. Like, so, Maybe one should always like surround themselves with a bit of young people. So they are always like pushing and keeping motivated. I, I don't think it's about young people. Um, maybe this, this sounded like that, but I, I don't really mean that. It's, um, it's more about the openness of people. Um, we have clients that are um, really um, close to 60 years and, and um, they do their... Uh, model coordination themselves you know like that that's really really interesting to see these kind of people um that they work their whole life in a very different way and now they're they're doing model checks in solibri for example and that's really fascinating and uh, i hope i i will be like that when i'm uh, in that age um because i i think that's really an and an, a good thing to do yeah i see and uh, what is your piece of advice for people who are currently thinking of like starting an AC tech startup or are interested in doing entrepreneurial work? Hmm. I, I, get, I get asked this question quite a lot and I don't really have an answer for that. <laughs> it's, um, it's, I mean, it would be easy to say, like, just start, you know, like, just do it. Um, but I completely understand that it's not that easy. 
Um, and I, I really think that you need to take a closer look at, at the market. Is there a need? Um, can you prove the need? Um, if not, try to prove it, you know, like, like really look for something where you can prove the need for that. And um, usually if you're on that level, then you can prove the need. Um, you will find somebody who will um, uh, venture capital, for example, you will find somebody who will give you money um, if you cannot bootstrap it. But usually if you can prove it, then you can do it and then you have money. So it's, that's the hardest uh, thing. So you should really take a look at the market and prove it for yourself that um, there is a need for that service or product that you want to create. Got it. And I think uh, we have almost reached one hour mark. So I'll check if there are any questions on YouTube, but uh, is there anything uh, which we didn't cover in this interview and you would like to share thoughts on that area? Hmm. It was really interesting. Uh, you had really interesting questions. Thank you for that. Uh, it was quite a pleasure, really. <laughs> awesome. Um, I think I, I really enjoyed like uh, the whole pro knowing your process of development. And thanks a lot for being so honest and sharing like the insights about your firm, the way you developed your business. And uh, it definitely inspires like people like me to pursue their uh, like in future entrepreneurial work so great uh, great to hear that <laughs> of course thank you very much thank you all right have a nice rest of your night and uh see you everyone bye-bye thank you very much bye thank you eric thank you my bye